and I get in the box and I always I always draw a cross. I just said I said, Lord, I don't care what happens this game. I don't care what happens the next game. I don't even care what happens the rest of the season, the rest of my baseball career. I put I put everything with you. And welcome in to the Run the Race podcast. We appreciate you joining us on uh, uh, this the end of July now, heading into August. It's definitely real hot around here in Georgia and Alabama. And speaking of hot, we have a, a great baseball player here joining us for the Run the Race podcast. And in fact, I believe he is the youngest guest we've had in the two and a half years of doing this podcast. He's 19 years old, turns 20 in September, so he will no longer be a teenager. Uh, but he won a state championship at a local high school here, Northside High, and uh, now is playing for the collegiate summer team, the Chattahoots. Great name because we're right here on the Chattahoochee River, and uh, and they are heading to the playoffs. In fact, when this uh, podcast comes out on Friday, uh, they will be playing their first game, hosting at Golden Park that night, and uh, hoping to win the championship for the uh, Sun. Belt League. Uh, we have Connor O'Neill with us, and Connor uh, has been a catcher since eighth grade, but now he is a first baseman for the uh, Chattahoots. He's 19 years old. Uh, if he had a baseball card, it would be 6'2", 220, so good size for a, a, a potential future major leaguer. And uh, Connor, again, won a state championship in high school and um, has been playing baseball since he was three years old. He's a big Braves fan, like me. We're rooting for them to maybe uh, repeat as World Series hopefully. champions again, hopefully. And uh, his brother actually played with the, the Brave system as well. So we're going to talk to him about that. We're going to talk to him about, you know, getting a little older, even though he's very young, how, you know, being in college and, and beyond, how he's learning, how, you know, putting God first in his life is so important and his value is not in the sport of baseball. He wants to succeed and do well at that, but his value uh, is in God and, and serving him and just being a good man overall. So without further ado, uh, Connor O'Neill, uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. And um, you know, I, I know this is the first time we've met, but we maybe have run across each other before. But um, well, first of all, you know, I want to talk to you know, about faith and about fitness and kind of what you do to keep in shape even as, as a 19 year old. But first of all, you know, you've been playing baseball most of your life, right? Since yes, for 16 year, 19 years. So how do you keep that, that passion? And how do you keep that competitive edge? You know, because sometimes that can wear off, you know, you, something, you know, gets where you're just tired of playing. Well, you know, it all starts when I, when I was younger, you know, I grew up with four brothers. So, or three brothers, sorry. Three are they, brothers are they older? Or? Uh, yeah, I'm the youngest out of four, oh, or wow. five, actually. So. so does that work to your advantage? or? Uh, it does. <laughs> I got to learn a couple stuff. You know, my brothers were older, and, you know, they. Uh, my sister played softball, and we always did, like, stuff on the weekends, you know, like when they were off, or we'd play football, basketball, baseball. So my competitive nature kind of started from there. You know, when I was five years old, if I lost, I wanted to cry and stuff like that. But, no, um, competitive nature has always been in me. Um, but, no, going back to, like, fitness and everything like that, um, it really, I really started getting into like my heat eating habits and like working out all the time, really around my senior year of high school, like really like dedicate myself to it. Cause I kind of realized like, holy crap, like this is about to be my life. Like I have to kind of take this serious now and like put on weight. So when I was a junior, I weighed about a good 180. So I wasn't like the strongest, but I was, you know, I was, I was strong, but I wasn't like the biggest. And I started really dedicating myself to proper protein, uh, protein shakes, working out five to six days a week mm. and getting good rest. Cause that's, that's a really, really big part of any sport 
and especially life too because if you don't get good sleep you're not going to be you know the best shape or have any kind of um um you know mind working or anything yeah. like that so that really that really came into me about uh, senior year and i went from like 180 to about 210 215 just putting on muscle so right then and there that's kind of really what fitness client came into me yeah is is in terms of the passion for playing the sport i mean sometimes you know parents will i mean not necessarily push but they'll want their kid to play and then the kid plays but then like they kind of you know lose that you know heart for wanting to play baseball and loving the game for you has that has that stuck with you for you know your whole life in terms of just loving baseball and loving being on the field uh, you know, I've always had a passion to be on the field. Baseball has been, like, the only sport that, like, I've really wanted to always play. And my parents never really, like, pushed me to play it. Uh, I had great – I have great parents. They, um, you know, we all – I can't tell you how many times my mom's worked three jobs, four jobs just so I can go play travel ball, or my dad's worked his butt off so I can go play travel ball. And they never pushed me to play. They never, you know, like, if I went 0 for 4, they never was that parent to be like – you know, like you need to do better than this. You need to do better than that. They never care. They always, they always supported me. So I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, and we're here in the TV studio here at WTVM. You said your mom watches the news, so she she would like die to be in here. Oh, right? she would die. My mom and dad <laughs> love this place. <laughs> so great, great. Um, and you know, um, being on the Chattahoots, which so for people who are not familiar with the the team, they're a collegiate summer team. I believe this is where our uh, second or third year, um, in the second year in the Sun Belt League at least, right? Yes, sir. Second yeah. year, I think, you know, we, the first year was our last year. So. Yeah. And so tell me about, um, you know, being on that team. So you, you go from, from high school and now you're, you're playing for this, the Chattahoots. You're playing for Chattahoochee Valley Community College, CVCC, after a stint at Georgia State as well. So you're playing college. You're playing the summer. So um, what's that like? You know, are you with – guys that are um, older or more experienced or, or is a lot of them just you know probably same age as you so I'm I'm not the youngest on the team but I'm not the oldest you know Chattahoo, Chattahoochee Valley is mostly just like freshmen and sophomores so really just like 18 to 21 20 years old but you know like when you get into collegiate we have guys that are 23 22 so guys that have been around the game a lot longer and like I I don't I've been playing baseball since I was three years old but I don't even know like half of the stuff that they know because <laughs> they've been around it. They, you know, we have a guy, I, this is one of my favorite guys on the team, uh, Zane Ross. He's from Australia. And that guy's, I think he's 22 years old, about turned 23. Got a great accent, I'm sure. Great accent. Oh my gosh, I love it. I wish I could do it. And he, um, he knows so much about the game of baseball. And like, with those kind of people you want to surround yourself with because it makes you better, not only as a person, but as a baseball player. And that's really what's kind of helped me this summer and past summers. Yeah. Do you feel pressure as somebody who's 19 and, um, you know, and, and, you know, as the first baseman, do you feel pressure, you know, at, at this young age to, you know, perform and, and do it for your team and, and not let them down? You know, you know, this game is a, it's a, it's a, it's a great game. I try to have fun as much as I can. Cause if you're not having fun with, even with anything you do, even in life, you're not gonna, you're not gonna succeed. It's just how it is. And, you know, like before the game, I always try to do two things. I try to, I've been doing it recently is, it's like a meditation slash kind of a prayer. And it's just me alone, no one around me. And I've been just having talk with God and having just alone time and just close my eyes and acting like no one's around me and like just come to like a peace with myself. And I feel like that's really what's helped me. So like when the game comes and there's like 3,000 fans in the stands, like it's just, 
it doesn't bother me anymore. Yeah, you're, you're more re relaxed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, much more relaxed. And, you know, like, when, like last year when I played, I remember my first, like, five games. I was so nervous because I was like, holy crap, there's <laughs> 4,000 <laughs> fans watching me. Like, if I mess up, like, they're all going to be, like, boo and booing me and everything. <laughs> but, no, um, I've realized that um, through, uh, you know, my happiness and my, my, my value does not come through baseball. It comes through my, my Lord and Savior. Yeah. So that's that's really what kind of helped me to just have fun and like this this game is a failure sport because you fail three out of ten times you're you're a Hall of Famer. Yeah. That's what I've realized. So I was like, well, I can have fun with this and not make this my value. Yeah, exactly. And I read somewhere that you know, one of your rituals, when you come up to bat, um, you draw a cross in the dirt. Is that significant at all, or is that just something that, like, you know, people have those superstitions or routines you go through? I feel like every baseball player definitely has superstitions, and I'm one of them. I do the same thing before every at bat, and it really starts with on deck. Like, I, I focus on my breathing, and I get in the box, and I always, I always draw a cross. I always touch the outside of the play, touch my foot. And if I don't touch the foot, I will call time. Like, <laughs> that's how superstitious I am. Are, are you, like, uh, tugging at your uniform or certain things that are – because you see, you know, guys do that in the major leagues, you know. I've always um, I've always pulled up my left sleeve, adjusted my batting gloves. But other than that, nothing really too big. You know, just uh, always – I always draw a cross in the dirt, though, for every at-bat. That's good. That's good. Um, and uh, you obviously had a great game uh, the other night. Uh, as people are, they're listening to this when the podcast comes out. The Monday previous, which was your next to last regular season game for the Chattahoots, three for four, three RBIs, including a two-run homer. And yet you said you were a triple short of the cycle. So I mean, what's it, when you, when you're on, you know, kind of in the zone and you are having a great game like that? I mean, what's going on exactly? Are you just is it, I mean, obviously you have talent, but is it just a matter of like, okay, listen, I just, I was on tonight, you know? So you definitely have those nights where you're on and those nights when you're off and you're 0 for 4, 4 for 4, 3 for 4 like I was. Um, that night was just that night I was on the ball like a beach ball. It was really <laughs> on. And when you, talk, when you talk to any baseball player, they'll tell you like the ball looks this big, like it's huge. And that night was that night. And, you know, if I, I could have had that triple, <laughs> I got thrown out of third, though. I'm not, the I'm, on, I'm not the fastest person. <laughs> I'm definitely not the fastest, but, you know, I'm, you know, we came out with the win. We, I think we run-rolled them, actually. Yeah, 10 nothing. 10 so nothing. it ends in the eighth inning, a little, an inning early. I yeah, I know, and that was, that was awesome, especially because <laughs> we played those guys about 10 times this year. It's so. the Chakalaka Monsters. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. I pronounced that right. I think, yeah, every, everyone comes up to us like Chocolate Monsters chocolate and, monsters. <laughs> and everything. But, no, no, we've – that's like kind of our rival, I guess, because yeah, sure. the owner owns us and them. So we always had like, you know, a back and forth kind of go at them. Yeah. And then you've earned uh, earned a bye in the semifinals. So, uh, you know, the playoff run will begin uh, here at home at Golden Park in Columbus, Georgia on uh, Friday night. So what's that like? I mean, is, is, it, is it different when you switch over from regular season to playoffs to postseason and uh, you, you know, are trying to win the championship? Does that uh, kind of give you some extra juice or what? Um, I think it's definitely in the back of our, our mind, you know, obviously we're playing for a playoff game, we're playing for a ring and everything, but like, you guys just got to treat it as a normal game. Um, you know, try to have fun, try to, you know, don't try to do over, over like what you yeah, you need to do. Um, just play it as a normal game and have fun really. Yeah. 
And uh, speaking of rings, so, you know, we're both fans of the Atlanta Braves. Mm -hmm. You have been for a long time. You think a World Series champion repeat, perhaps? I mean, they're in a dogfight with the New York Mets right now. Well, uh, we, were, we were on the phone yesterday. I said this. I was like, you know, the Mets might do what they did last year and choke half season, the uh, <laughs> other half season. So hopefully that happens. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, I, really, I would love for um, uh, the Braves to win again because, you know, me and my girlfriend Liz – um, we went to World Series Game Three when Ian Anderson threw a no hitter through five innings, nice. and that was probably the best time of my life. Like <laughs> we were in the upper deck, it felt like we were swaying. I did not care. That was the best time of my life right there. Yeah. that's just something I will forever remember. Yeah, and your um, your brother, your, um, tell me about him. He was was he in Double A with the, the Braves, and, and and where is he now? I guess. So my brother started. Uh, he went to Bocelli High School. What's his name? Michael O'Neill. Michael O'Neill. Okay, yes, sir. And he actually went to Chattahoochee Valley, where I'm at, and um, I think he was a walk-on there and earned a scholarship. Then he, uh, after his two years at CV, he went to go play at Auburn Baseball. And after that, he played independent baseball. I don't know where, but um, played independent baseball. And then um, took some, I think he took a year off, and he went up and came back. I think he went to New York, and then he came back home, and he... Um, he learned how to pitch up there and like throw harder. And I remember the Braves signed him. And I was like 13 years old, 12 years old. I was like, oh my gosh, my brother's a big leaguer. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is awesome. Like, I, I told everybody, I was bragging and everything. I had to. Like, my brother's a big leaguer. <laughs> but no, he, uh, he played double A with the Braves. And I think that's as far as he got. And he is now a double-A pitching coach for the in the Brewers organization yeah okay cool and we, I want to talk a little bit later about your, you know your dreams for your future in baseball and beyond and, and maybe perhaps being a coach as well but I um, want to dive into fitness a little bit you kind of alluded to it earlier about you know, nutrition habits and, and different things so what you know even as a 19 year old you don't want to take for granted that hey I need to stay in shape you know I can't just rely on being 19 years old so um, you know what do you do is there something do you have like uh, something you do on a daily or weekly basis in terms of time in the gym or time on the field and cardio, those kind of things? So my nutrition is I, I try to have between four and five meals a day. It's hard through game days because you're out there for like six, seven hours. You show up at the ballpark, like we have a game at seven, we'll show up at four and we'll leave at like 11 o'clock at night. So it is really hard to get your nutrition in when you have a game day. But for me, um, so what kind of things are you eating on those meals? I mean, like cheeseburgers, oh. pizza? Or, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Or, I do or, have cheeseburgers. Or is it, it going to be like just like wraps and kind of healthy things? So I wake, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I do have cheeseburgers, but I wake up in the morning. I try to either have my breakfast bowls or I have like five to six eggs with some turkey bacon. And for lunch, you know, we're having a big meal anywhere between 15 to 2,000 calories, something like that. Wow. So it kind of kind of fills me up for a while, so I don't have to like continue to eat and eat and eat. Then after that, after I work out, which is not really that like intense of a workout because I'm on a game day, just something trying to be explosive. But I, like off game days, I'm going as hard as I can in the gym. And I'm going two, two protein shakes, trying to just get bigger and you know get more muscles like hit more balls farther yeah and hit more home runs and more doubles um but no so uh, after the two protein shakes so i say if we have a game day i get there at four um we have food there so i eat like two pb and j's and luckily um chad hoots feed us which is a great thing. Yeah. So we've been getting pizza like for two weeks. <laughs> so <laughs> and it's and you want to have something that's not gonna upset you when you maybe you're out there at first base. You don't want to have a, 
a, a, you know, a, a, a stomach that's, that's hurting at that point. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So, no, the PB&Js, they make me feel really good. So that's really good for me, too. And I have an energy drink, too, before the game. So I'm all hyped up and, like, amped up and ready to go. So. Yeah. Now, do you do uh, I mean, a lot of lifting of weights? I mean, like you said, you talked about in the last couple of years, especially trying to build that muscle, trying to be stronger, hit the ball further. Um, but is there like a, a balance between, okay, I want to I be able to have that stamina with the cardio, but also I don't want to get too big, perhaps. So the cardio for me is, is more of a mental thing because like people can go walk at the gym, people can go do the bike, ride the bike, but for me, um, when I'm doing um, my cardio, I try to do like intense cardio to where like you feel like you're about to give up, but yeah, it's like that mental process where like you have to keep going and keep going and keep going. So like stuff in the game, when you get like anxious or like nervous, you don't even think about it and it just comes easy to you. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, and you know, we we talked on the phone as well about how you, know, you want to be physically fit and emotionally fit too. Because I mean, the, any kind of sport or any kind of job really, it's very mental as well. Mm -hmm. But also spiritually fit. And you know, we were talking about how uh, lessons you're learning, being almost 20 years old and in college now, and and kind of your perspective on God and just really kind of the the mean of life is is changing as it does as a people kind of. You know, um, when you're young, you're kind of discovering things for yourself. So how have things changed for you? And has it changed, like, how you go through life? So I've always known God. And, like, I accepted him as my Lord and Savior when I was about 12 years old, 11 years old, I'm pretty sure. And, like, I always knew, like, like God's real and everything like that. And, you know, like, it means something to me. But it really hit me when I got to my freshman year at CVCC, coming back home from Georgia State. I came back home. And, you know, going through all the temptations and everything, and I realized that, like, God needs to be first in my life. And because I remember when I was at CVCC, I had the worst slump of my life. I was, like, 0 for 20. I, I didn't start anymore. I was like, well, like, what's the point now? Like, I'm not good anymore, anything like that. And I, I, I was in a, a hole, basically. And I was new at a school. But I'm a very talkative person, <laughs> so I, I had friends and everything like that, but I was living at home as well, so I was just in a place where I was like, this is sucks, this sucks. So what really hit home with me is realizing, you know, talking to my mom, and my mom, my parents are very religious, and so is my brothers. Um, you know, when I was talking to them, they were like, your value does not come through baseball. Your value does not come through anything in this life. It comes through Jesus, yeah. Lord and Savior. And we're not going to love you less if you go 0 for 4. Exactly, yeah. And that's what I always thought, like, like I have to go 4 for this game. I have to get this D1 scholarship. I have to, you know, hit a home run or stuff like that. And, you know, it's – once I realized that, everything just kind of just seemed so much more simple. And it just kind of, like, cleared a path. And this summer I've really been trying to focus on that and build a relationship with Jesus. And – like it's just so much better and everything and um you know and I also had to realize that just because like I accepted my Lord and Savior does not mean that this is going to be an easy life because it's not temptations are all around us and you have you can't just learn by yourself to deal with those and so for like my time in prayer before my games I don't have the same prayer I pray something different every time I don't like I ask always for, you know, protection around our players and the other team and everything like that and around the fans. But I always have a talk with like 
but let your light shine through me. Yeah, absolutely, so. absolutely. And is that, you know, can that be, um, maybe for you it's easy or difficult when, when you're on, especially a, a sports team um, that's, you know, beyond high school and, and uh, guys are hanging out and you're having a good time and people are, are kind of, you know, cutting up and maybe, you know, cursing or whatever else. And maybe, you know, um, so do you, do people know that, okay, that, hey, oh, Connor's a Christian or whatever else, or is that something that, I mean, is it, is it something you use a witness or is it something that like, okay, well, it's baseball and then I'm, you know, kind of a, a Christian, you know, and sometimes they don't always like, I'm not going to be totally uh, talking about it a lot when I'm on the field or in mm -hmm. the dugout. So I'm not a perfect person and, you know, um, I don't think anyone, no one is except for our Lord. Yeah. And through high school, I really didn't understand that. So I was always the guy that was goofing off and I was always the guy like that. But, you know, when I'm in the dugout, we have, we have uh, on Thursdays, we have um, a challenge week where we bring someone in and they come and talk to us about like, like value and, sure. and like troubles that they went through in their life. They kind of tell their story and you know, to hear these guys' stories, like they're guys in the military, guys that used to play baseball, like stuff what we can relate to is something unbelievable and like we can actually relate to. And it feels, it feels good to know that like there is someone else out there that went through these struggles like I did. Yeah. And my struggles like weren't enough, like, like weren't as bad as some other people's, like sometimes, but you know, to have those kind of people come in and talk to us, it really means a lot to us. And that's kind of why I came back to the Chattahoots. You know, we have Coach Donahoe, who's our chapel. And that, that, that man is a great man. And talking to him, um, like, before games or after games, like, I've never seen him in a bad mood. Yeah. Never seen him not happy, having a smile on his face. And, like, to have those kind of leaders around us really just – you know, um, kind of bring up like a good like um, vibe to the to kind of the team kind of. Yeah, and even like in, in the dugout or, or, you know, when you're practicing or, or having team meetings or whatever, um, if people know kind of how you are, Connor, do they, you know, I mean, they maybe kind of ask you like, hey, can you pray about this? Or, or do you guys talk about that? Or is that kind of sometimes too deep? <laughs> um, you know, we're around each other a lot. Um, we talk about our feelings all the time, you know, we're, we're bros. That's right. There's we're, no crying in baseball, there's, right? <laughs> no, there is maybe. <laughs> there is a little bit sometimes. <laughs> there can be. Um, but no, we're all bros. We all, we have, we have talks, you know, um, and we pray before every game, pray after every game. And, you know, we'll have talks with like, you know, like our struggles and stuff that we're going through and like, like, like some advice kind of from some of the players, like even some of the older guys, like the past two, I think it was, I think it was last week. We all went to church together, so we try to all like you know, you know, go to church together and like kind of have a fellowship through each other too. Sure. And you were talking earlier about some of the going through struggles and having temptations, whether it be as a Christian or as a baseball player or whatever. So how do you you know, um, as somebody who's you know still growing up and, and almost 20 years old, how do you deal with that adversity? Like say if you you're on that 0 for 20 slump, I mean, do you, I mean, cause you probably have that, those negative self-talk in your head, like, oh, you're not good enough. And why can't you hit that? And that probably makes you press even more. So how do you, how do you kind of fight through that? Like when you're in that baseball slump, you know? It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a very deep place to be in. Cause every baseball player has been in it. Every, I, Mike Trout's been in it. 
Matt Olson's been in it. Everyone has been in a slump before. And once you fall into that slump, like, you know, you start changing stuff. You start, you know, pulling your pants down. Like, you know, like, like you know, like, <laughs> you, you, have your, your yeah, you, have, you know, you wear your pants up, you wear them down, you know, um, kind of stuff like that. But no, for me, I kind of like, like started the Chattahoots even. I was like an 0 for 15 or something like that. Yeah. And I, I realized like, hey, like I need to just take a step back, calm down, everything's gonna be okay. This the, is not the end of the this world. This is not the end of the world, like it's okay. And I just, I just said, I said, Lord, I don't care what happens this game. I don't care what happens the next game. I don't even care what happens the rest of the season, the rest of my baseball career. I put, I put everything with you, yeah. basically. And no matter if I go four for four, zero for four, I'm going to be the same mood. I mean, obviously, you know, you're going to be upset sometimes. Sure, it happens. I'm not perfect, but I, I try to just keep the same mood. Yeah. No matter what, you know, not the highs too high or lows too lows. They talk about that with golfers, kind of being mm -hmm. pretty steady, you know. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you keep that kind of attitude, like the highs are going to be so much better, and the lows will just not even bother you. Yeah, usually people are bothered by the the, the failures more so than even uh, enjoying the success. So what you know, when you're out there, you obviously well. Uh, let's talk about this real quick. Um, you were a catcher for a long time, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, which is that's a tough position. You're almost a coach on the field, really, and you're there and and, and making a lot of calls and and um, so tell me about how that transition. You know, did you just want to continue to be catcher the rest of your, your career, or now because now you're on the first base? You know, you're the future Freddie Freeman, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, but um, no, I've uh, I've always been a catcher um, since eighth grade, and I I caught all the way through high school. I went to Georgia State as a catcher. And I broke my thumb in the fall, and they stuck me at first base for like a week or two because I couldn't really squeeze a glove a, a ton. It, I was in a lot of pain. So after that, I played first base for a bit, and they were like, oh, we kind of like you here. And then I just kind of went back to catching after my thumb um, healed up. Which are, your, I, are your knees okay from, from, from the catching? Because I, I know that's what they always say, right? That's, what, that's what's crazy is my knees are perfectly fine. Okay. That's crazy, I know, but um, – no, my my thumb healed up and everything. Luckily, my knees are fine. Like, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I guess I guess I had the good gene or whatever. But um, now are you able to do the the full split? Um, if you're having to to like, if somebody you know, if they're throwing a little short and you're trying to get somebody out, I mean, how far can you get down? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a I'm a big guy. <laughs> I try to get down as far as I can. I feel like in the game though, you have more like adrenaline, so you can get farther. Sure. But if you see me stretch right now, no. <laughs> no, I couldn't. I couldn't at all. You'll no. get there. You'll I'll get, get there. there. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'll get there. I was much more flexible than I used to be. Yeah. I couldn't. Able to, well, in high school, I couldn't even touch my toes. So it was pretty bad. <laughs> now, for um, whether it be offense or defense, what is okay? And this may be tough. What is your favorite thing to do on the baseball field? Oof. Like, like, I mean, is it hitting a home run? Is it uh, you know um, getting somebody? They getting the last out of the game? I mean, I don't know. You tell me. Oh man, um, <laughs> it's really tough because. I, anything in baseball I love to do. Like, I like fielding a ground ball. It sounds crazy. I love the fundamentals. I love flipping a ball to my pitcher when he's covering the bag at first base. I like catching, my, catching the throws from first to, like, shortstop, second base, third base, whatever. Sure. But I think my favorite, I love hitting. I, I never want to go away from hitting. Um, so it'd probably be just getting a hit. 
It, Literally, it, just getting a hit. Getting a hit, yeah. Getting a hit. If somebody's on base and you drive them in, that's even better, right? Oh, it's even better. I get, them, I get second base. We have double celebrations. I get the, the dugout hype, the fans hype. They're going crazy. So, yeah, that's probably and what do you favorite. do to celebrate? Because I know, I mean, I mean, the Braves are doing the, <laughs> doing the chop, you know, kind of thing. Is there a, is there a Chattahoots thing you guys do? Or? So, we got this from our Australian guy. Okay. And right. it's kind of, it's like this. <laughs> so, you put your hand over your mouth, and then you put the, what? The, the peace sign up. The two, two peace sign up, okay. So we have a couple different ones like that. It's almost like, like a, a Hunger Games thing. It is. Kinda, <laughs> I guess, I don't know what it is. He's always done it. And, you know, like when we get to first base, we do the, he does the Italian and everything like that. And, like, I guess for anything we have, we have each have different stuff. Sure. So mine's, I kind of started doing that with him. It's, it's funny. And, like, even like we would, like, we're on the field, not even on second base, like two outs. We always get the, the bulls and we, like, you know, like the little foot thing <laughs> and everything. That's part of the fun of it. I mean, because yeah. it's fun for you guys as a team, but also your inter- it's it's entertainment for the fans because you want the fans to have a good time as well. And they're, I mean, because if y'all, I mean, I'm sure you've felt hopefully that some crowd support this season. You know? Oh, definitely. Our fans are amazing. And, you know, like after the games, kids come up and we'll sign their balls and we'll sign their hats or whatever. And, like, that just makes my day. Yeah, what's that like as a, I mean, a 19-year-old and, and you were those kids, you know, probably, you know, five, you know, ten years ago. And so what's it like for, for you to be on the other side of things? They're signing autographs. It's, it's amazing. And I will, never, I will never not turn down an autograph because I've seen a lot of MLB guys. I've seen, I mean, obviously, you know, they're, they're busy guys and everything. But I've always said, like, even if I make it that big, hopefully one day I will, that if a kid wants my autograph, even if I'm in a Cracker Barrel, if I'm in, if I'm in a McDonald's, they want my autograph, I will give it to them. And they want a picture, I'll make sure I give them the time of day because I know it just makes their day 10 times better. Yeah. And speaking of, you know, the future dreams, you know, so, um, well, I mean, what are, I mean, like, I wouldn't say like odds, but like, um, you know, what are realistically your chances for making the major leagues or, or what would have to happen to make you, know, to make you, you know, in that position? Um, Honestly, more home runs. <laughs> more home runs. <laughs> so I feel like I had a good freshman season. Um, uh, I feel like I, I need to hit more home runs next season, sure. which is something I'm working on this summer too, because I think I had four or five home runs in JUCO, yeah. and this summer I've already had four. So. Yeah, four, 41 games at Chattahoochee Valley, 33 RBIs though, and 363. That's a good average, right? Mm-hmm. So, yes, sir. Thank so you. That, that's really good. So, so um, I mean, do you, would you? Is that something that you are still kind of going for, or when do you kind of let go of that dream? I'm going to ride it out as long as I can. Um, I, hopefully after my junior college career, I'm going to go on to a four-year and play there for a couple of years. And if nothing happens then, I'm just going to go play independent ball, hopefully. Um, and if nothing happens after independent ball, I'm just going to go be a coach, which I've already told myself, like, I'm going to be in baseball the rest of my life. Yeah. And I'm going to retire out of baseball. And I've had that dream since I was 12. Yeah. I realized when I was 12, I was like, I'm going to be a major league baseball player. Yeah. I'm going to be a coach one day. And I don't know what kind of coach yet. Hopefully, I don't want to be a head coach in high school. I don't. <laughs> but I want to be. I want to see be, what they go through. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I feel bad for them. But I want to I want to be up in the college level or like the minor league level or major or hopefully major league level. That'd be yeah. awesome. And I guess you're learning as well that like, OK, you know, you can have raw talent. Uh, as a baseball player and maybe a future coach, but you know it, it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of things that people don't see, the fans don't see behind the scenes to, to you know make something like that happen, right? Oh, it's 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 a grind for sure. Um, in any sport you do, you're you're out there and you're um, working out and like it's not just the working out 
phase, it's the sleep phase, it's the eating phase, it's making sure that I go to bed at a good time, it's making sure that I don't go out with, with guys and drink till five o'clock in the morning or anything like that. But, you know, a lot of the guys on the team, they, they really take that in consideration and take that to heart. Because if you have that mindset to where I have one dream and I'm gonna dedicate myself to this and just put it in the Lord's hands, you're going to be okay. Yeah. And because it's competitive. I mean, a lot of people, I mean, have this dream, you mm -hmm. know, and want to continue on. Um, and uh, in terms of, uh, you know, you were talking earlier about how your parents didn't push you, had great parents that supported you no matter if you, you know, had a, a horrible game or a great game or whatever, and uh, just uh, continue to support you. What would your message be to parents, to moms and dads, and maybe to, to young players as well about just, you know, um, kind of the, uh, you know, where and how you kind of deal with the love of the game and, and continue that on. Because parents can be really, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it, mm -hmm. with other moms and dads are you know, putting, that, putting that pressure on and making it not fun. Um, my message would be like, just let, let, the, let your kid have fun. And that's what my parents did. They let me have fun. Like, I remember when I was 12, and I had a good game. I had a bad game. I got an icy after the game, <laughs> but no, that. But no, I'm. But just let let them have fun. Um, especially like when you get into high school, you know they don't really. I didn't really know how I wanted to play college baseball when I was 15. I was like, oh, I don't know. I did. My little freshman hit like 300. I was like, I don't really know if I want to play. But that freshman summer is when I realized I, I had to talk to my mom and dad. I was like, hey, mom, I want to. Mom and dad, I want to play college baseball, and. They said, no matter how far you are, no matter how um, how much money or you got to pay or anything like that, I want you to have good grades and I want you to just go wherever you feel like you want to go. And luckily, I'm I'm close to home, and you know my parents they always um they always loved me no matter like unconditionally, and they always showed me love and you know whenever I needed something they they had me they had my back and. That's, that's my message to parents is, no, like, high school's hard. High school's a very hard time in your life, and, and college can be too. Sure. And I remember I used to call my dad and call my mom and ask them for advice and be like, like, what do I need to do? What should I do? Um, and they always had an answer for me. And that would be my message is, like, make sure you be there for them. Mm -hmm. And, like, even on the field and off the field. Because my, my mom and dad would take video of me when I'm hitting or anything like that, my dad would be like, hey, you're doing something a little bit wrong in that swing right there. Just just a little bit thing, and it would fix it like that. Yeah, yeah. But he gave it kind of constructively. It wasn't yeah. like he was mad at you or something like that. No, not yeah. demanding, no. It was more of a coach and a dad thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, I'm mean, talking about our, our Heavenly Father, about how, you know, we uh, put so much pressure on ourselves to do this as a Christian or do this as a baseball player or whatever else, but it's really not about that. It's just kind of, you know, just being yourself and doing the best you can. I mean, do you feel like, does, like you said, that, that kind of getting that peace, you know, on a hopefully maybe every game makes you better, you know, as, as Connor, but also better as a baseball player? Yes. Um, you know, like I said, like, regardless if I go over four, four for four, like I'm still the same. I'm not going to be this guy that I used to be this guy that was pouting and that was like so upset, like, oh man, like, my value comes through this and like I can't believe that I did bad this game like yeah. I suck and I'm never gonna be anything and that's just not the case and once I you know once you realize that 
um, your value comes through your Lord, uh, the Lord and Savior. Um, it everything just clicks, and um, that's that's what really hit home for me. And once I found that, I have I've had happiness, and and my happiness does not become from baseball. It does not come from anything in this world. It comes through Him. Yeah, and maybe maybe uh, the the prayer levels up a little bit when the playoffs are around. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I still keep the same prayer. You know, we win, I praise you. We lose, we praise you. And yeah. you know, I give all the glory to Him. Yeah, I try to. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Connor. I appreciate it. Thanks for your uh, retire- time, and uh, wish you the very best uh, with the Chattahoots playoff run, but also your future in uh, you know the minor leagues, major leagues, as player, coach, whatever. I, we we know you you will succeed no matter what. So uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Very well-spoken young man. Uh, definitely, you know, don't give up on the youth of today. I mean, he is one example, uh, a bright star, um, and, and, you know, they uh, our future is bright with, with him and so many others going to be our leaders on and off the field. And uh, we wish the Chattahoots the best here in Columbus, Georgia. I uh, hope they do well in the playoffs as the number two seed, and uh, I'm sure they will uh, with the help of uh, – Connor and uh, others uh, hopefully hitting some home runs and uh, pitching some great innings as well. And you know, um, the the game of baseball, America's pastime, one of the oldest sports, if not the oldest, and uh, it can teach us a lot about faith as well. Uh, One of my favorite movies of all time, Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner from, I I guess, about uh, almost 40 years ago. Uh, You know, it has the line that he hears the voice in the field saying, go the distance. And, uh, you know, that can mean a lot of things. It can be about, you know, going the distance uh, for God and uh, doing things that are you know, going, going the extra mile and not just uh, kind of make, taking shortcuts and not just, you know, if God wants you to do something and, and it whispers in your ear to go help somebody out or to go talk to somebody that you normally wouldn't talk to. Well, go do it. Listen to the Holy Spirit. It's a good way to do it. Also, there's, you know, the opening line in the movie uh, Bull Durham. Susan Sarandon says, I believe in the church of baseball. For instance, there are 108 beads in a Catholic rosary and 108 stitches in a baseball. And coincidence? I don't know about that. We'll see. Also, uh, you know, in terms of uh, baseball, this baseball season usually starts around Easter time. And, um, you know, one of the, the lessons from, from, from God and from the sport is that we, we do not play alone. In both these, you know, we're surrounded by our team. It talks about in, in Hebrews 13.5, this, this Run the Race podcast is based on a verse in Hebrews about going the distance uh, and, and running the race of the perseverance uh, with God's help. Uh, in Hebrews 13.5, it says, For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Um, and, and sometimes we don't see that, but but he's there all the time. And, you know, there is the power of a team, um, not just on the baseball field, but as, as Christians as well. The risen Christ, most importantly, he plays with us. He's around us, and he's rooting for us, and he's with us. And so uh, we, we can't forget that. And there's one thing I read in an article recently. It was an article written, I guess, several years ago by uh, Susan Spark, who is a trial lawyer turned stand-up comedian and Baptist minister. How about that uh, that combination? She wrote this, When we're surrounded by doubters, the bases are loaded, and we find ourselves facing curveballs and sliders. Know that we have a miracle hitter who will step in and bring us safely home. We have Jesus, who died, fought death, and emerged from that tomb, bringing with him the miracle of life. So... Just know this, you are not alone, 
and uh, you know, in the the game of life, which is the most important thing. Because, uh, like Connor O'Neill was saying, you know, his value is not in baseball or how well he hits or or throws the ball that day or that week or that year. He wants to succeed and do well and use that platform to, to promote God. But his value is in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now turning to our final segments of the podcast, you know, we're going to kind of continue hopefully next week our Friday Food for Thought, but this podcast coming out on a Friday and hope you have a, a great weekend, everybody. Uh, but our, our parting gift has a little bit of baseball flair to it. And then of course, uh, going to close you out in prayer. This is from one of my favorite players growing up, uh, who was a a star and uh, really, you know, uh, he's somebody that a lot of people idolized on the baseball field. Ken Griffey Jr., uh, he said this, To succeed in baseball, as in life, you must make adjustments. So important because we, we have a plan and we're going with that plan, but all of a sudden something detours us, something changes, uh, you know, and, and we, we sometimes want to stick to that original plan. Well, sometimes you have to go to plan B, C, D, or E. So you want to succeed not only in, in life, but also baseball. You got to make those adjustments, adjustments at the plate with your hitting and, and uh, with the way somebody's pitching to you or the way uh, somebody's getting up there to the bat that hits a certain way. You adjust where you stand to, to feel the ball. And so there's a lot of strategy involved. It's like that in life, too. You got you to gotta kind of roll with the punches as best you can. And uh, again, thank you so much for listening to the Run the Race podcast. We're on WTVM.com slash podcast, all uh, 118 episodes now. And so uh, we're going to continue going. You can go to Apple and uh, write us a quick review at the bottom. And we're going to close now in prayer. Dear God, uh, just uh, pray for safety for all those that are driving and uh, traveling uh, these this last week or so of summer vacation for kids as they head back to school. Keep everybody safe. Uh, help the teachers as they go and get ready for their classrooms and helping molding the young uh, boys and girls they're going to be with. And just uh, pray for uh, all the athletes too, Lord God, that they will you know, uh, give you glory, God, for, for their talents and being able to do what they do and entertaining and, and doing the best they can. Uh, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for all that you do for us. And, uh, and that we, uh, like Connor was saying, can, can be a light and be your light uh, in this world uh, with whatever we do and, and doing the best we can at it. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen. All right, thank you again uh, for being here, and a happy Friday to you. Hope you uh, enjoy uh, this uh, last bit of July as we head into another hot month of August. Uh, hot at least around here. I'm not sure where you're listening, but uh, down here in Georgia and Alabama, it's uh, mid-90s and feeling a little bit like 100. So I've still been running in it, but uh, trying to uh, run early or just slow down a little bit and make sure to hydrate so I don't fall over. In fact, this weekend, I'm planning on a four-hour race that starts at 10 a.m., ends at 2 p.m. I'll let you know how that goes if I do do run it up uh, near the Atlanta area. But it's going to be a long haul, you know, maybe 18 to 20 miles. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, I will definitely uh, be, be praying before and during that run for sure. We'll see you next time.